the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10, and we're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information or make you aware of issues, opportunities, potential problems, and what are things you can do in a world where there's many things that are uncontrollable and there are things that you can do when it comes to your financial life, whether you're working or someone who's already in their retirement years and getting clarity on the things that many people are worried about, such as running out of money, inflation, market volatility, um, taxes, and what are things you can do to be as proactive as possible. This show is sponsored by the Estate Planning Team, which is an Ohio-registered fiduciary fee-based planning firm that's been around Cleveland now more than 35 years. We're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. You can read our reviews on Angie's List, Google, and Better Business Bureau as well if you want to do some due diligence. And what we do is financial modeling, providing people with objective, unbiased analysis when they're faced with financial decisions so that they know what are things they can do, steps they can take, or strategies they can use to get the most net benefit. Um, even though we don't do investments, uh, when we build plans, whether it's a base case or a worst case scenario, which Mark's going to talk about today, is what growth rate do you need to accomplish your long-term financial goals? So if you're someone doing the investments on their own, or you work with an investment advisor, if you know what your target growth rate is, then you know how much you need in fixed and how much you need in growth. And for some people, they're taking on more risk than necessary to accomplish their financial goals. And we look at all the pieces and parts of someone's financial life. And can we make it better? What are different decisions you can make? It could be pension election options, timing of social security, IRA distribution planning, Roth conversions, um, and so much more. And even when you're working, how much you can contribute to your company plan or IRAs. And if you're faced with the IRA, the traditional 401k and the Roth, you know, looking at the big picture and your cumulative taxes, um, is what we do. We're very proactive planners. And we do offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. And we offer that either by phone or in person. And we run preliminary analysis so we can see how we might be able to help you, what value and benefit we can provide you. And then depending on what your needs are, we have hourly options or comprehensive retainers, which are affordable. And if you want to take advantage of a free consultation, again, either by phone or in person or scheduling a few months out. I mean, we can schedule still this month in February. February, but I have already people on the calendar in the spring. Um, you know, 
don't procrastinate. Um, look what opportunities you might be missing out on. Maybe make you aware of issues that you um, aren't already aware of. Or maybe you're worried about something you shouldn't be worried about and you're not worried about something um, that you should. It's You don't know what you don't know. And our process, as much as it's about saving money, gives people clarity as well as peace of mind. And you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. If you leave a message, we will call you back on Monday. Or if you visit our website, which is financialfoodforthought.com, you can send an email for a consultation for the website there. There's incentives if you schedule a free consultation and then decide to use our services that you can click on the special under the free consultation. You can sign up for our newsletter that's going to keep you um, posted with alerts, other tax law changes or anything else going on. We send that out um, periodically as things happen. So you can sign that up. That's free also. And that's financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell. And I have Mark Donnelly here this morning. Yeah, Carrie, good morning. A couple of things just what you just mentioned. And yeah, today I'm going to talk about how do you modify your plan if you build a financial plan. But even and, and over the radio, I'll even do a more simple case. How do you modify, for example, the 4% rule, right? right which is Bill Benjamin's famous, mm-hmm. you know, planning model or basically saying how much is a safe withdrawal rate as you go into retirement. Everybody's heard of it. There's certainly no, there's been no shortage of articles written about it. Or articles day. written that it's broke. <laughs> it's Math broken. isn't broke. <laughs> and I, so on the radio, I use that as a basis to say, okay, it, it's math isn't broken, but if if some of the assumptions have to change because reality is saying you got to change this assumption, you need to know how to go in and modify it. Now, of course, when we build a financial model for our clients, we get much more in depth than a back of an envelope 4% rule calculation, mm-hmm. right? It, it's really because the, one of the, in reality, the 4% rule is a very simplistic meaning that it's assuming that whatever you spend this year, you spend exactly the same next year except for inflation. But the base expenses are the same, what you're buying. And, of course, we know in real life doesn't go that way. You've got new automobiles in some years, new homes in some years, child's weddings you're paying for in mm-hmm. some years. So it really, when we build a financial model, we it's much more in-depth and it's much more, I guess I like to explain, it's like a more of a 3D effect, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're looking at how projected big expenses in the future also interplay with those daily living expenses that are the same every year with some added inflation. So last week on the show, you can go back and listen to our podcast, I did a, I, I did kind of a, a review, right, of, um, you know, all the talk about how is the government going to shore up Social Security, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm picking. So I mostly last week I talked about yeah I talked about that whole political football right you know what the PACs you know what the think tanks are saying what President Biden's you know plans are or what he'd like to do I, I reviewed the old Bull Simpson you know recommendations from 2010 I talked about m- new alternative uh, s- solutions such as the King Cassidy Social Wealth Fund so I spent more time talking about what the the leaders are. Thinking how they're going to solve this. But today, I'm going to say, how do you take it into your own 
cans. Right. Okay. You know what? You know, if you, regardless of what the politicians are saying or the think tanks are saying, if you have certain beliefs that you think there will be a Social Security cut. Right. Even though still the majority are saying Congress would never vote for that, including Kevin McCarthy right now right. coming out. He's now confirmed that, no, Social Security cuts are off the table in right. terms of the uh, debt ceiling increase. I was going to say, I don't think that'd be good for any politician. But what, be- if you, what if you think they are, though? Right. They, they're saying they're going to have to at some point. So we'll talk about that before that, too. But a second thing. Um, so, so part of that was when you said in the beginning of your intro, Carrie, is that what growth rate do you need? Well, I can reverse that and say right. if, if let's say your plan is working right now, your plan A, let's call it, based on a 5% rate of return, but your plan doesn't have in an economic downturn or a social security cut mm-hmm. or some a higher inflation you know typically the the assumptions you need to make when you build a financial model right or you mean all three maybe you want to see a plan with cut in social security higher inflation and a market downturn worst case scenario we call that perhaps okay you may have to increase your risk as a possible solution so it's it, the rate of return carry can go both ways. Correct. You know, are, you know, and and that's where building your own plan. That's why you don't ask your neighbor what investment allocation they have. All right, because you have to kind of figure out what is going to work for you. And if if your plan is running short, obviously one of the solutions is you need to get a higher rate of return on right. your investments, whether that be. Uh, in other words, how much is the issue? Right. And, and, and the correlated additional amount of risk that it's going to take to get that higher. Well, and then you can see, is it worth it? Or would I rather cut my spending, discretionary spending by this percentage? But I think what our financial model do allow you to manipulate as many variables as you could possibly want. And I think when you mentioned the plan A, which is the base cases where a lot of other online or people do the um, planning that maybe come with the investment packages, the base cases where that just or or the Monte Carlo just says you're going to be okay, but really is where we get started in looking at the planning process is how do you either make it better or how do you make it work or how do you adjust based on your worries and fears right. and concerns? And the other thing you had mentioned about the Roth conversion, certainly something we've been talking to our clients about since 1998, you know, when Roths came into existence, certainly got more popular in 2010 when Congress lifted the restriction on adjusted gross income on who could do Roth conversions, right? Um, Got more popular again when President Trump's Tax Act of 2017 doubled the federal state tax exemption, basically eliminating federal state tax exposure for 99% of Americans. Um, and so you, you, you didn't have a, you didn't have a, a state planning risk, state tax planning risk by having a huge Roth IRA in your, uh, estate. Mm-hmm. Um, but also now we can talk about the Secure Act 2, Carrie, which we, we spent some time on. We'll be talking about Secure Act 2 a long, long time. I think, Carrie, can they still get the – you had a, a newsletter. I had a nice two-page um, – Is that still available for clients? Yeah, if you people? email and request it through the website, I'll send you – if you haven't got the first round, I'm happy to send it out. Right. Um, but one of the things is one of the changes coming in with Secure Act 2, which was one of the uh, you know unfortunate things in the originally prior to the law change, was that if you had a Roth 401k, 
um, at work, right? You would still have a required minimum distribution from that Roth 401k when you retired, unlike Roth IRAs that has no required minimum distribution. Well, that rule has now been changed. Now, it's not starting until 2024, Okay, that's part of the the complexity of the Secure Act too. Is that there's I think there's 90 provisions. Um, not all of them. Some of them go into effect this year, 2023. Some 2024. Some 2025. Right. Some 2026. Of course it is. Uh, it, it, the the complexity is unbelievable. It's it's going to prevent compliance. But anyways, so that's one of the that was always one of the knocks against uh, Roth 401ks was that you still had a required minimum. So a lot of people. Their only solution, if they didn't want the required minimum from the Roth 401k, would roll they it. would roll it to a Roth IRA. Problem solved. But it, the, but if they liked the 401k plan they were in, right. like the Ohio Deferred Comp, the 457, mm-hmm. for example, as opposed to the 401k, right. but they now they won't have to, you know, anyways, you get the point. But so I'll talk a little bit about that. But we also got tons of economic data. Um, well, okay, so I don't know. Big surprise. We're taping the show on Friday. So a big upside surprise on the jobs report, right? The, the monthly jobs report. I mean, <laughs> it, the, the non-farm payrolls came in at 517,000. Hmm. I, do, can we even trust this data at this point? I think we need to wait for the revised. The, uh, now, the, there was a, the consensus was about 190, but there was a wide range. The low side was 130, but even the high side was 305,000, 570. Now, there is, a lot of people don't even pay attention. You talk about revisions. They don't even pay attention to this type, this, this period of the time in the year because there's all the seasonal adjustments. I, whatever goes in there, Carrie, I have no idea. Ask your, ask your, uh, whoever, the labor department. Right. Um, but apparently there's always seasonal adjustments right. this time of year. So we'll, we'll see. But actually, uh, what other things? Unemployment came in at 3.4%. Remember last month I was saying right. they were saying it's 35 but literally it's- if you took it out three digits, it was below 35 Right Now they're actually saying 3.4%. Hmm. Um, so and also you had, um, you had, you had some wage growth. You know, average hourly earnings going up, but not to a point where we're worried about the labor, you know, the, the higher uh, labor cost spiral, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which leads to recessions and, and forced uh, layoffs. So, it, so and labor force participation rates hanging in there. Other data, you know, this will always talk about the triple play payroll data. Um, the weekly jobless claims dropped 183,000. Job claims going down. 500 new jobs. Are we, are we, are we, is the great resignation over, Carrie? Is that what's going on here? Are people getting off the couch and saying, I'm, I, I'm out of stimulus money. I better go get a job. Or, yeah, I don't know. There's still or unemployment a lot of, running out or. Got the JOLTS report, the job openings labor turnover survey this week. All right. Again, 11 million. Uh, Maybe people <laughs> are getting bored, jobs. maybe doing nothing. There's still two jobs out there for anyone looking for one. Um, so no excuses, right? No excuses. Um, then we had the the ADP report. Okay, remember we're, we're, 
Remember about, they scrapped it for a while? They scrapped they it said for a while, we then, gonna... they re, then revised it, and I don't know. So they said, so like I said, we got the jobs report that said there were, you know, 500 and, what did I say, 517,000. Okay. So ADP earlier in the week said their actual, they saw jobs increases at 106,000. I think ADP just needs to not report anything because remember they had issues and they weren't going to. I just think they're so far off. Maybe they just need to not do that anymore. I know. I, I don't know what's going on with them. But so you, you had, so basically strong labor market. Which is a good sign. With Is it good news or bad news if you're the Federal Reserve? But you know, it's that, good news for the economy and absolutely. people looking for work. I'm yeah, you know, President Biden took his victory lap this morning, right? Right, because he has so much to do with um, that, but, you know. You know, so, so yeah, I mean, you, right. But but if if we don't, and the Wall Street seems to say, hey, no recession in sight. Um, you know, if you looked at the year-to-date gains in, the, in Wall Street, shocking. Um I'm going to talk about that too. The uh, the January barometer, you know, uh, theory. But um, so, you know, could we have where labor market strong, low unemployment, an increasing wage base, but not to the point that leads to the spiral? You know, the death spiral. You know what that means, Carrie? That means the Federal Reserve's got their soft landing navigated. Hmm. Um, anyways, we'll see. Um, so the January barometer, you know, that's where we talk about a lot of people look at how does the market do in January? So goes how it's going to do for the entire right, year. It's just an indicator. That's one of the many um, that are out there. And... It has some it has some um, history behind it, and there's really kind of three ways you can look at it. First, you know everyone's heard of the Santa Claus rally, right? Right. And that that represents the last five trading days of the previous year plus the first two days of the new year. Okay. Then some people just look at the the first week in January, the first five trading days in January. And then some people say, no, let's, you have to look at the whole month of January, right? So now we've got all that in and it looks strong, right? So if we look at the Santa Claus rally, it was up slightly 0.8%, just below the 1%. The 1% is kind of like the benchmark or the barometer saying if the Santa Claus rally is 1% or greater, Everything looks, you know, good okay. for the whole next year. It missed that one percent. It came in at point eight percent. Then you had the first week in January. It came in at one point four percent, solid. Okay. Okay. Um, now we have the month end of January, six point one eight percent growth in January. That's a jump. You know how some people say you can't time the market. I was going to say, Mark, this I, is hear, why. I hear you and you're obviously whether doing phone calls or meetings, hear that many times. Uh, this is why, uh, you know, six point, if you are sitting on the sidelines, you just missed a 6.18%. And and, and 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 here we're a couple days in February, it's gone up. Now, I don't know what the market's doing today. Um, I haven't checked, um, you know, but the, so anyways, so you have strong green across the board for the January barometer. And, and so we'll see. Now. If you just look at the the whole month of January, so since 1950, Carrie, mm-hmm. when the S and P 500 was positive in January, okay, you know the rest of the year saw an average return of nearly 12 percent, double digit. 
with 85% of those returns being positive. So that's a pretty strong indicator. Not that we always want to make the disclaimer, historical doesn't mean what's going to happen right. in the future. We don't, you know, obviously everybody's heard that disclaimer, but that's why so many people pay attention to the month of January's performance. Remember previous year, uh, the, you know, last going back a year, remember January was down 5.2 per 6, 5.26%. What a difference between January and January. Right. Last January down 5.26. This January up 6.18. Double digit swing. Um, so you say, now, if you look at the negative Januaries, okay, let's look at that. So again, since 1950, using the S&P 500, um, when January was negative, the index gained barely over 2% for the rest of the year on average. Okay. okay. So it's even tough to break even. Um, with 60%, only 60% of the returns being positive, you know, much lower. So we'll see. So that's fun to look at. I don't right. know. I mean, some people, I mean, there's maybe some solace in that. Um, you know, we'll, at least it's good news between the jobs and the January market. That's positive because certainly there's plenty of doom and gloom. Yeah. And, I, you know, if, yeah, I mean, if you look at, just everything looks good. I mean, through you know yesterday's close, you know the Dow Jones. That's they're they're lagging everyone else. They're only up two point seven four percent year to date. The Nasdaq carries up sixteen and a half percent. Okay, the S and P through yesterday's close now up eight point eight six percent. The gold's up five percent, close to five percent year to date. So everything, what a difference a year made. Now, can it continue? I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know that that's there's still a lot of headwinds out there. You've got the your, you know Russian war. You've got China with with opening up. Whether they can control whether the virus problem is over, and if China, you know, I don't know. You, you, there's still a lot going on, but we'll see. Um, but I think ultimately, even though these are indicators, it comes back to. What are you worried about? What are your numbers and how you need to adjust in your plan, whether it's your planned retirement dates, spending, creating income you need as tax efficiently as possible. And we're that objective, unbiased advisor talking to you about the your financial life and all the aspects and positives and negatives of all of recommendations or ideas that maybe you're floating out there. And we can model in those scenarios. Many people are missing opportunities, especially with the Secure Act 2.0, or if you're not um, yet at minimum required distribution, we know 2023 to 2025 could be a big window for many people. If Congress does nothing, nothing with taxes, we know after 2025, tax rates go up, the standard deduction gets reverted to what was previously, which is almost cut in half. Um, so many people actually have opportunities um, this year that can result in future tax savings. So if you want to take advantage of a free consultation on any of your issues, we offer that by phone or in person without pressure and we'll provide free preliminary analysis. You can call us and leave a message. We will get back to you on Monday or you can send an email through our website and we've been around more than 35 years helping people through good and bad times and you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. 
Okay, so one of the things that everybody is watching is what the Federal Reserve was going to do with the interest rate. So we got that information this week. Fed Powell came out. No surprises. 25 basis point hike. That was the consensus of what most people believed. Uh, he also led us to believe that they're not done with raising rates, but it, they seem to indicate that they're very close to being done. Mm-hmm. So let's see some of his comments. Um Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell had a clear message on he, he spoke on Wednesday. As gratifying as it is that inflation has begun to slow, the central bank is nowhere near to reversing course or declaring victory. Everybody hear that, Gary? Mm-hmm. Everyone ever heard of talk about old cliches, don't fight the Fed? Yeah. Wall Street's not believing him. Okay. Wall Street's thinking that the Federal Reserve will cut rates. Okay. I, I saw that. The, I've seen articles that there's a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah. Um, now, Fed Chair Powell went on to say it's going to take some time for the disinflation to spread through the economy. He said he expects a couple more rate hikes still to go. And given our outlook, I just don't see us cutting rates this year. Well, Wall Street ignored him and, and stocks went crazy. Um all right, so we're so right now the lending rate is now at the four fifth four point five to four point seven five. So if there is one more twenty five basis points, you know they're going to you know inch up to that you know four point seven five to five percent. That's where they think a lot of people think the Fed will pause at that point. Okay, but if this labor market causes again, if we if there's not enough pain. A lot of people are saying they will go two more 25 basis points hmm. here. Um, so we'll see. Um, and then either cutting in September, and then some people say he's going to cut in September or wait till next year. Um, so historically, let's see. So this is interesting. So historically, how how long does it take the Fed to pivot, you know, when they go from raising rates to mm-hmm. cutting rates? Historically, since the 1990s, the interlude between rate hikes and rate cuts has varied from as long as 18 months in 1997 to 1998 to as short as five months, which happened in 1995. So you're somewhere between five and 18 months. I'm thinking they're not going to cut rates this year. I think they'll push it into next year. Um. A couple of weeks ago, Carrie, I was talking about the House Republicans, right? And now that they have that slim majority, remember it was all the hoopla about whether Kevin McCarthy was going to get the leadership role right. or not. And he had to make all these concessions right. to what I call the right, you know, the, the far right fringe in, right. The, in the conservative GOP party. Um, and they're the ones, remember, they, there was the there's about four or five main guys and about 20 on and remember they they just kept delaying it and delaying right. it and and McCarthy had to keep making concessions so so one of them was that the idea that the that friend that well, I'm calling the fringe wanted to th- completely throw out the current income tax well that's not realistic tax, payroll tax well, is that abolish realistic? the IRS and institute a national sales tax but I'm saying, is that realistic? You're going to disassemble the art. Good luck with. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I'm all for like. Yeah, radical change like that just is not going to happen. Yeah. 
It's not like they had a great majority. And by the way, they don't have the White House and they don't have the Senate. That's what I'm just saying. It's it's so unrealistically it, yeah, to it, ask these things just, when you know darn well it's not going to happen. It's just an it's, exercise it's, in fertility. Right. It's they're a waste of time. They're getting paid and they're doing nothing. And it also means that the Republicans who vote for that in the House, there's really no risk because they know it's not going to pass. Right. It's so, a waste of time. It's because a waste we have, of time. We have Thank other you. more pressing issues in this country. You think. Um, but I'm just, you know, a tax, you know, nerd. So I, you know, so <laughs> remember. You, you said that. I did not. <laughs> but remember, so I, I just, when I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, I said, well, just, you could never implement it. I, right. I used the simple example of how would the cash registers even be done for it? Right. You know, you know, just think about how many cash registers are out there in brick and mortar and on the internet. And every one of them would have to be modified to, uh, to calculate this new national sales tax. Then the tax has got to be collected and then someone timely has got to turn it over to the government. Right. Do you think there's been any problems? So does that mean that national sales tax goes on top? Cause you're not going to eliminate city tax. Well, I'm, that's the point I want to make right, next. Right, because I'm saying, so you're going to add that, so if you're in a city with 8%, what's the national? I mean... The national, and, and first of all, it, it lost some credibility, because remember the way, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, Earl Buddy Carter out of Georgia, he was the he was the House Republican that kind of presented it. Um, basically, his proposal that he floated out there, it, it went over, it was about as popular as the Chinese spy balloon floating right. on Montana. Because um, first of all, it lost credibility when he said it was a 23% tax. Ouch. On top of local? But we're really curious. It's right. a 30% tax. Okay. So how do you make 7% sales tax disappear? By doing fuzzy math. Ah. So, because basically, if you bought a $100 item. Okay. There was a 30% national sales tax. So Ouch. it cost you $130. Bucks. But the way the Republican fringe presented it, well, really, it's only a 23% tax. Because if you take the total purchase price of 130 and then you take what the actual tax was paid, 30, you take 30 divided by 130. So it's really only 23%. No, it's still 30. Well, I don't give a crap what they're saying i mean that, it's 30 that's convoluted it's still 30 percent. if i buy something and it's gonna cost me 30 percent more that's my bottom line right. so they can pretend like say what they want all right um but but also it, it what you were saying too it, it, it's back to that issue about what are the states it kind of leaving the states out in the cold uh, literally, Ohio, they still need to you know, it's kind of like, remember when they talked about abolishing the federal state tax back right. in 2010, right? The, you know, and at the time, you know who the two biggest opponents were to abolishing the federal state tax? Who? The states and the charities. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of the states had had abandoned their state estate tax. Right. They just got the sponge tax. In other words, right. any, the amount of federal estate tax trickled down to the actual city of the decedent. Okay. The state got some of it, and so did the locality get some of it. The sponge tax, we called that, right? So if they were going to eliminate the federal state tax, there goes the state estate tax. Right, and I can see why charities, because there's a lot of charitable planning that goes in, and people will rather give money to a charity than leave it to the government. So you know how many charities that are nonprofit that would be hurting? Right. 
And, of course, they never really got the federal state tax abandoned. Now, they got it at a pretty high exemption level. Oh, I was going to say, what is it, over so $12 million a person? It's 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 gone. But, um, so it's the same thing. So now let's so I think it's a very similar analogy to if the if the if they did get rid of the federal income tax. What does that do to the state and localities? Because like Ohio, many states rely on the federal income tax return as a starting base. Mm-hmm. In Ohio, you start with your federal AGI. Right. Well, if there is no federal estate federal income tax return being filed, what does Ohio do? There, I mean, state needs money. I mean, are they going to have to somehow make the Ohio taxpayer, even though there's no federal income tax, we want you to prepare the old federal income tax return because that's what we start with? Right. Or they're going to have to modify their system. All their systems because their system can't calculate federal right. AGI. Right, because Ohio bases it off what your federal adjusted gross income yeah, is. Yeah, that's a big part of the steps that they don't have to do right now. Right. Add, add more complexity. That's that's the, that's what our government does. That's why it was a ridiculous proposal. And but I was still interested because one of the big one of the other you know the ideas is, is you know the, the Republicans call it the Fair Tax Act, right? <laughs> and. <laughs> this but wait a second. There is no fair tax. Well, remember, I'll give my federal. Uh, I'll give my state planning team axiom, right? Carrie? Okay. The only fair tax for all would be no tax at all. I I agree. There, it's once you say there's a tax, it's not fair to well, somebody. They say life isn't fair. I mean, you're never going to make it fair then to you die, everybody, Carrie. right? Um, but the uh, so, but it was just curious because a lot of people said, and I also talked about this, is that it's unfair because the Sales tax. Remember, is it, what, what was the percentage going to be again? Twenty three. No, twenty three. Thirty. Thirty percent right. across the board. Food, clothing, everything. Okay. So if you think you take the the, it's going to hurt. It's it's more percentage of take home pay of the lower income family. Right. You're going to hurt middle class and low income. Not that was always one of the big you know draws. So, but. But you know, no, so that's not a not win. according to Buddy Carter, right? Because he had a solution for that. Oh, okay, he said that's a myth. How? If it's based on what you consume, I mean, people, everybody needs food. Well, Curry, I don't be- care what class you're in, because uh, we're going to have the monthly prebate. The what? <laughs> is that like free money? So, so now, so now is the is the Republican right wing fringe now talking UBI? No, nobody should be. Usually that's the far left talking UBI, right. which, t- you know. So because this is what. Buddy, no. Okay. So this is. A, he said, no, that's it's not really going to hurt the lower incomes because each household will receive a monthly prebate based on the federal poverty levels and the household size that will allow families to purchase necessary goods such as food, shelter and medicine, essentially tax free. This is similar to our current individual exemption and refundable tax credit system. Oh, my goodness. So now everyone's going to be getting checks monthly right, to give them the money so they could go out and buy the goods that covers the, the tax. 30% tax. <laughs> That's so Does convoluted. anybody see any implementation I problems with this? I don't know why. Somebody should have just shut that down and not even had a discussion. That was a waste of time. Thank you.
But regardless of that, there's a lot of ideas being thrown around. What it comes down to is what can you do about your financial life? What choices can you make? What are ways you can save money in taxes? And one way is to be proactive and look at opportunities. And for clients, we're even, you know, we've gotten a net worth update. Now we're going to start asking people for their 1099 R's or their W-2s. And when their tax return is complete, because then we want to do cash flow planning is saying, how do you create the income you need for expenses or to build up your cash reserve or whatever it may be? or use opportunities in the complicated tax code, especially because we're looking at what their projected tax rates are going to be over multiple years, depending on what the timing of things that are hitting their tax return and what effective tax rate they are in. And that's just one of the areas we help our clients who are working or who are in their retirement years. You can call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. So, Kara, I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the fair tax is basically dead on arrival. Yeah. Waste of time. I don't even think it's going to get to the floor. There's some controversy that Kevin McCarthy promised the the conservative wing, the fringe wing, that he would bring it to a floor vote. Now McCarthy's backpedaling on that and saying he he never promised that. He just promised a vote uh, on a committee, which isn't the same thing as a vote on the floor. I think it's a waste of time. All right. So enough of that. So now let's get to the back of the envelope calculation of how you would modify your financial plan if you wanted to make a worst case scenario because you believe things are going to get a lot worse. All right. And I'm going to start by saying if you did believe that there was going to be a 23% Social Security cut starting in 2034. A lot of people believe that. A lot, you know, we've heard that for years. You know, the the Social Security trustees keep saying that's when it's going to have to happen. Sometimes it's 2034, sometimes it's 2035, sometimes it's 23%, sometimes it's 25%, whatever. Um, the fact is that that it, that solvency issue has not been resolved yet by our elected members of Congress. They keep kicking the can down the road. Now, so if we so let's use the backdrop of Bill Benjamin's four percent rule, right? And say, but now we're going to add to it because the four percent rule is just dealing with your nest egg, right? Your investments, how much you can withdraw, draw down on your investments. So you, you know, you, you don't run out before life, right? And it's based on a rate of return that you're assuming on investments. How many years you're, you're running your plan. Benjamin used 30 years. Benjamin used 5% as a rate of return and what inflation you're using on your annual spending. Benjamin used three and a half percent. Okay. So a lot of times on the show, Kerr, I've talked about right. how you would modify that for those different things, but. Now, but in reality, that's not your only income, right? Right. You still have your fixed retirement income. So if you're really trying to budget this on the back of the envelope, you would have to add in to the withdrawal from your investments, your fixed retirement income. So on the radio, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to assume um, that you got a husband and wife. Uh, one's making, you know, one's got the 24,000 social security benefit and right. then a half spousal, another 12. Okay. 
So 36,000. So basically, if you were doing Benjamin's original 4% rule, and of course, we're going to use the million dollars as a simple right. example, you can add a zero or take off a zero depending on. Cut in half, your, double, what whatever. Your, yeah, that doesn't change the math. Um, it just changes the final amounts. But, anyways. So you would have the forty thousand withdrawal in the first year, right? Plus the thirty six thousand in Social Security. So you'd be building a budget around seventy six thousand. Okay. Right. And then you go from there. Um, now, but you know the four percent rule is broken. We've been reading for the last you know how many years, right, Kerr? Right. And because well, because some people are saying those assumptions are not valid anymore, or they need to be adjusted. Right. That's what we keep saying. It's not that they're not, the math is valid. It's just that if you want to change the assumption, go do it. Right. Because maybe you want to spend more than 40 Remember 000. when Benjamin was doing this back in 94, there were no robots that that, that, that could, right. you know, he came up with it. Right. It's a good rule of thumb, at least to see, are you in the ballpark? And you can do it on a, a simple right. calculator. And maybe sometimes people don't want to keep a budget, but they know bottom line what they're spending. People do it in their head with right. the 4% rule. Um, but if you want to make some changes, Mm -hmm. then I don't know if you can still do the math in your head. All right. So let's talk about, so, so now how about, so if, so that example where I said the couple is expecting the, uh, 36,000 in social security. Now that's going to go up with inflation. So let's say you have a couple today, you know, 67 starting social security at those levels. Um, starting with a million dollars, so they're starting their seventy-six thousand withdrawal. But Carrie, there's a twenty-three percent cut in Social Security in twenty thirty-four. Okay, right. so that thirty-six thousand, even if you've changed it with inflation, it's going to change. Right. So if you had so following the thirty-six thousand, I'm using two percent for cost, cost of, of living, living increases in Social Security, and that's a good number because it counts for yes, everybody got a big jump, but that doesn't happen it's conservative. every year. The ten-year rolling now with that eight point seven percent this year, it's about two and a half percent. Right, but, but the it's eight, not that, be, but that's yeah. some wild that card based outlier. on inflation. Yeah. yeah, so I'm using two percent. Okay, so originally your thirty-six thousand by twenty thirty-four, it would. Can you do that math, Katie? No, okay. I cannot. It's going to be forty-four thousand seven sixty-one. Okay, so you're saying we're going to cut that forty-four seven sixty-one by. 23%. Okay. Bringing it down to 34486 Does that 23% have anything to do with the 23% or... <laughs> National sales yeah. tax? I, I think that's too weird, Carrie, yeah. but I also thought about that. Um, but anyways, the uh, so it's about a $10,295 cut. In other words, okay. so does that derail your retirement plan? Does that make the 4% rule broken? Is that going to derail your retirement plan? I think it depends on your discretionary, on that actual spending as far as how much is discretionary versus mandatory. Okay. So you can see, so because, so first of all, let's calculate how much, and Benjamin, remember I said use 30 years. So obviously if there's a cut, Somehow we have to do the math to figure out how does that shorten. In other words, if if this couple wanted to maintain, they have to make up that ten thousand dollars Social Security cut from where, Carrie? They're an assets because they're they're retired. I don't think they're going to go back to work at that stage. So now, so if they started with the forty thousand withdrawal, right? Um, and they were keeping, um, they were keeping the three and a half percent inflation. Okay. 
So by 2034, their investment withdrawal would have been 58000 and change. Okay. That's how they keep their lifestyle right. going, from 40 to 58. But now they need an additional 10. So now they're, they got to pull out 60, almost 67000 from their investments. Right, to cover the shortfall in their income. Well, now the 4% rule is going to be broken, right? Well, it's just they're going to run out of money sooner. Right. So that's the first thing. How much sooner? Do you need to worry about it? Okay, so in this case, the following that plan, it's not going to last to age um, 30 years or age 96. It's going to run out at year 27. That's... Uh... So instead of 30 years, it's going to run 27 years. Okay, so three. I thought you were saying 37. So in, instead of age... Oh, so three, you're talking a three-year difference. So in age of, instead of lasting to age 96, it's going to last to age 93. Okay. Well, it depends. Maybe you don't have to worry. But maybe you do. And maybe I'll just say I'll cut some expenses when I get to that well, point. Well, even before cutting expenses, maybe you could say, hey, what, wait, what, well, what would my investment rate of return? This is where you were saying earlier, saying how much more do I need to risk do I need to take yeah, on? Because I don't want to cover that shortfall. Yeah. I don't want to cut. I don't want to cut my life expectancy. So tell me how much more my rate of return needs to be. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to save you from trying to do that math in your head. Okay. Here. The solution is about 5.53%. So that's not much different from the five. So now you go back to your investment advisor and say, Mr. Investment Advisor, how much more risk, based on how you have my account allocated today, because you keep telling me 5% is the answer, you know, is the, right. what I should be using, how much more risk do I need to take on to I try to up that by a half a percent? Right. And if you don't know how to explain that, we do that with our clients, either in a meeting or phone calls. But absolutely, that's not that big of a difference. Okay. So now let's say, okay, but let's go their way. Let's say, well, no, I I, I think even 5% is too aggressive right now, Mark. I, I don't think I can take on more risk than that. Okay. So now we're back to what you had mentioned. Right. Cutting well, then, expenses. Then you cut, you know, so in this example, what we have to do is cut the initial 40000 Right. Right. Because that's where, so... What does that have to be cut to? That's now this you can see this is kind of difficult to do in your head, right? right? Well, I'm going to save you the math. You would have to be you would have to cut the withdrawal in year one from four percent to three point seven one percent. So it goes from forty thousand to the thirty one thirty seven thousand one hundred. So that's not terrible. Twenty nine hundred dollar decrement, about seven percent. So most people say, yeah, Mark, I can cut 10% expenses without, you know, losing any, you know, sleep. And I think it just really, though, I know you say most people, and I think it depends on where you're spending your money. And I think that's why it's different for everybody. Now, but what happens if we're saying, yeah, but we got this higher inflation. Benjamin's 3.5% is too, it's too lacking. So, Carrie, now I'm going to do the same thing, but now I'm just going to change and assume a higher rate of inflation for the next four years. Okay. So I'm going to assume 7% inflation for the next four years. But you're going to keep the 5% growth. Right. And the 40,000 40, of starting income. Yeah. Everything's going to be the same. Okay. The, 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 the 23% cut in Social Security. Okay. But now we're saying higher inflation for the next four years. Okay. All right. Ouch. Um, okay. So now what, what happens there? Okay. Coming up um, short, I'm assuming. So now, so and there's there's a three solutions. The one solution is how much, how many years is it running now? Right. Okay. And so in this case, it's not running 30 years. It's running 24 years. Mm. 
That's okay? a big six to years. Age is a- 90 now. Okay. Instead of 96. In, in this example, if right. they start at 67. Okay. So you could say, mm, I, want, I want to keep it to 96. I, I'm So tell me what my rate of return needs to be. Okay. All right. Well, now you're going to need 6.4% rate okay. of return. Each and every year. And that may be getting a little bit risky, right? So you could say, mm, well, tell me how much I have to cut in spending. If I can't start at 4% anymore... What do I need to start at? About 3.29%. Okay. Okay, 32,900 instead Which of 40. Which is 8,000. That's a big difference. Could okay. be. Okay. So is that getting into your your golden years? So, you know, but uh, no, but now but let's say let's let's scrap that. Let's say in, in Fed's inflation, they fixed it, no inflation, we're back to 3.5%. But we have an economic downturn. Oh. Recession. Okay. Market drop. I haven't heard that talk. No. <laughs> Most anticipated recession ever. Um, we had it last year, you know, with, with the market drop. But let's say it, you're in the future you're doing this. So I'm going to build in a 15% loss in investments in the first year, then 0% gain in the second year, then 2.5% gain in the third year, and then back to 5% gain ongoing. Okay. With the Social Security cut. Okay. Um, things are looking a little bit worse now, Gary. Okay. So the economic downturn, sequence of returns, if you have a market loss in the first year where you're pulling out money, that hurts. That's mm-hmm. what we found out in the lost decade. Right. Right. Okay. So now your 30-year plan isn't lasting 30 years. It's lasting 20 years. That could be a problem for some people. To age 86, not 96. Well, and then people tell me, how often do we hear people say, I'm never going to live to my 80s? Well, and then there's been articles where people have a disconnect versus what their perceived longevity and quality is not the same as quantity. Right. So now you'd say, well, I want to keep going to 96. So what does my rate of return need to be? Mm. Quite a bit higher, I'm going to guess. (laughs) (laughs) 8.4%. Your investment advisor may have to have a discussion with you at that point. Right. Um, all right. It's still though eight percent. Still a lot of people. I hear that. You know, you know, in the olden days, I remember it's a lot lower than back in '98 when the new clients were telling me, "Oh, Mark, be conservative. Don't assume anything more than twenty five percent return." But do you remember when people would fill out like the initial form or the goals worksheet? Oh, just use run a plan. I remember ten to twelve or eight to ten was a common rate of return, yeah. and we'd be like, it's "Like we had to tell each and people every year." I do you don't know how sorely disappointing it'd be if I run your thirty year plan based on a double digit that return. We would have to have a. It's not realistic sustainably okay so let's say you you know eight four percent you know you want to keep it at five percent so what does you how much cutting do you have to do now in spending mm-hmm. okay now your four percent rule becomes 2.74 percent okay twenty seven thousand instead of forty that's 000. a big difference from 40 that's a complete difference carry out i mean cut out the hawaii trips at this point or go back to work take a part-time um, job well, again this is what we're leading but to. this is the thing all this information these modeling leads you to actionable what can i do what changes can i make and at least you know now let's do one more okay do i have time to do one more i think so okay worst case scenario all of the above Higher inflation. Higher inflation. Cut in Social Security. Cut in Social Security. And a market downturn. And a market downturn in the beginning. Okay. All right. Um, now, this is where we're getting to maybe... Now, is this the worst case scenario? You know, you can always make it worse. Right. But let's go here. All right. So now your 30-year plan 
is only lasting 18 years to age 84. Now, some people carry maybe, hey, Mark, I'm okay with that. See, this is your plan, not mine. Right. I'm just here to show you the numbers. And so you leaves you in decision-making mode. Okay, but some people are going to say, no, Mark, that's way too short. I still want it going to 96. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then, uh, what? so tell me what rate of return do I need to get that? 9.68%. Mm. I don't think so. I don't think you're going to sleep at night if that's the amount of risk that you're going to be taking. Right, because it, you can have a lot of disruption if mm-hmm. you're taking that much risk. A lot risk. of stress. A lot, uh, you know, what some allocation? huge decline. That ain't a 50-50 allocation. I was going to say that'd be a... Ugh. All right. Um, now, or you could say, okay, well, how much spending would I have to cut? Okay, so... I'm thinking that's going to be a huge cut. So now the your 4% beginning withdrawal is knocked down to 2.43%, <sighs> about 24000 instead of 40000 That's not going to maintain that lifestyle you envisioned, right? So you get the point. So this is just the back of the envelope. Right, Th- that just gives you, are you in the ballpark, How, you know... Right, and I, you know, obviously I could run this a thousand other ways. Right. And the idea is which one leaves you in the decision-making mode. How bad do you want to consider the economic downturn to be versus what adjustments you may have to make? And for some people want to see a worst-case scenario if they're looking at big spending and they're not used to it, if they're looking at a retirement date. Now, when we really build a financial model for our clients, we don't use the back of the napkin. Well, it's an oversimplified because yeah. it doesn't take into account, can you create some of that income tax efficiently? Because that actually changes what your total expenses are if you're reducing your taxes. Right. We don't use one inflation rate across the board. We no, are using various inflation rates depending on the characteristic of the expense. And how you feel about it. Some people want to stay certain level of travel and they're going to have inflation. Other people say, no, I'm going to work within the budget. Everyone's different. That's the idea of having good financial planning that leaves you in decision-making mode. All right, Carrie, guess that. All right, call the estate planning team for a free consultation by phone or in person. Call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. 2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.